Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Are you at risk every time you walk into the woods? Are you suffering irreparable damage to your body on every hunt? The sad answer is yes, but there is a way to stay safe, and we're going to dive into that on this episode. Hey, this is George with the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. Today, I want to talk to you about the invisible danger that all waterfowl hunters face every single time that we walk into the woods. Now, duck hunters know that there are risks with firearms, with deep water, with the elements, but there are other dangers that we face every time we go out there. And it's not just the danger of something that could happen. This is something that's happening on every hunt to every hunter unless they do something to protect themselves. And to help me talk about it is someone that knows far more than I do on the subject. One of, one of the greatest, if not the greatest expert in the entire field. I've got Bill Dickinson with me today, doctor of audiology, lifetime hunter, a fellow believer, and founder of a company that may be doing more than any other to change the lives of hunters, young and old. Bill, it is great to have you today. Hey, George. Jeez, uh, what an intro. Um, I, I love doing this with you and... Uh, Man, I'm telling you, we're, uh, I'm kind of speechless right now. You got me off guard. I, we, um, we just crossed our third year anniversary of our launch and, uh, and I didn't expect a cool intro like that. So, so thank you. And thank you for, for you being a believer, uh, number one, Lord Jesus Christ, but, uh, in, in Tetra, and I don't mean to tie those two together, but, uh, they actually do go together quite nicely. You can't, you can't hear and understand the word of the Lord without, um, without good hearing. So, so Tetra's involved in there a little bit. Absolutely. I don't think you would have started one without the other one. <laughs> Amen. I agree with that. So. <laughs> and, you know, guys, of course, what we're talking about today is something that most people don't like to talk about, 
but they'll be really happy that they did if they talk about it and do something about it now. And that is that the impact that hunting and particularly shooting has not just on people's ears, but on the nervous system, on any number of, of different syndromes and, and issues that are caused long-term because of it. And people don't think about it like this, but it's kind of like radiation exposure. Sometimes the ill effects are immediate, but more often they're cumulative over time, slowly creeping in until once you finally realize that something's happened, you've got big issues and that there's really no going back. And, uh, you know, I've got, there's some exciting things that we want to talk about today that I've got lined up, um, some really cool stuff that Bill's been working on. But want to just take a little bit of time here first and just talk about the danger of hearing loss when you're hunting, but even bigger than just, you know, losing some or maybe a lot of your hearing are some of the other things that stem out of that that a lot of people don't realize. So, Bill, I'm going to ask you to just go ahead and, and lead it off here and, and tell us a little bit about what happens every time you pull the trigger and then, you know, where that leads in the long run. Oh, geez, uh, George, what a, what a cool... Um... I, I can I can tell you all my years in the university and uh, up at Vanderbilt and 32 years in the profession, I've never heard anyone tie it back to such a good uh, metaphor of, uh, of of radiation and how that can uh, it can knock you on your butt, you know, the next day or it can show up uh, a bunch of years later. And, and hearing loss, uh, you're spot on with that. Hearing loss can absolutely be both. Um, I'll, I'll tell you uh, what has been, and it's so funny. I went back and looked at the last three years. Now that we're we're blessed enough to have three years worth of data under our belt, and um, I never realized and, and until Monday night when I was running some data um, that the first week of September for the last three years has been one of, if not the best, sales week for for us for the last three years. And you know what that is? It's all about the opening of dove season. And it's like that first kind of kick in the shin where you're like, God dang it, I need to do something about this right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for, for those of us that can, uh, can, can hunt and shoot those tasty little critters uh, in the country, September 1st was a big day for us all. And, um, and it's just amazing what that does to jumpstart people into saying like, okay, I'm not going to do it again this year. And, um, you know, they, they'll get on the phone, they'll call us and, or email or chat or however they want to connect with us. And, and it's always like, hey, I've been, I know I need to do something. I've been on your website, you know, a hundred times. <laughs> and, um, and just like, walk me through, what do I need to do? Because I'm ready to do something. And, uh, it, and it's, it, it could be as simple as like, man, I got my ears wrong you know, on, on a dove hunt on, you know, a couple of days ago and I'm just, I'm done with it and I need to do something. And, and, and unfortunately stories come out of that, George, where it's like, Hey, you know, I, I went on X hunting and experience and I was, I was shooting in a box stand or the Turkey moved and it swung. And, you know, I, I was calling on my dad's, you know, left side and he swung on the bird and, you know, and it's funny, everyone says it was a safe shot, but my ears have been ringing for five months ever since. 
Um, and that's something we can talk about. Uh, we're we're going to do some release some work this this fall on on what's truly considered a safe shot. Uh, and, and I think we all absolutely know that as as long as um, as long as a as long as something doesn't get hit that was not the intended target, then we usually call it a safe shot. Uh, and, and the reality is that's just absolutely not true, particularly for waterfall hunters and any any time where you're swinging on game and that you can expose your muzzle blast to someone else's ears. Um, you know, unfortunately, we always we, we always go back to science and there's this little quirky part, this, this law of science, law of physics called the inverse square law. And, um, and, and it's basically a fancy name for every time that you have, you cut in half the distance between your ear and a noise source, whether that's a gun blast, whether that's a speaker, whether that's a door slamming, whether it, if you cut the distance in half, you double the amount of pressure that is, uh, that is placed on your eardrum, the double the amount of sound pressure. And, um, and for the waterfall hunters out there thinking about that, uh, or or the the dove hunters where you got you know three, four, five, six guys standing in the shade of a tree and everyone's swinging different directions. If um, if you're in a duck blind and and everyone's got their lane to shoot in, and and my muzzle blast is pointing straight out, kind of perpendicular to the duck blind, and all of a sudden I I decide to swing and do a 45 degree swing to my left, uh, and you're hunting right next to me, George. I've just cut the distance of my muzzle blast in half between my muzzle blast and your ear. And I've just exposed your ear to double the amount of sound pressure, double the amount of sound intensity uh, that is being presented at your eardrum. And then certainly that concussive wave goes uh, you know, into your inner ear. And so a, a hearing loss can happen from a single trigger pull like that, um, or it can happen to you know, several years of trigger pulls. And um, so your, your radiation analogy is spot on. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they look at it like, oh, you know, shooting with ear protection is like a bad habit. You know, it's like, oh, I need to need to stop doing that. Need to. They don't look at it as every time it happens, it's leaving a cumulative long term effect where the next time could be the one that that, you know, causes a, a, a cascading problem that, that there's. There's no walk back. You know, if, if you lose just the tiniest amount of hearing every hunt that you can't notice it and, you know, people think maybe nothing's happening until, you know, it's that one shot. It's new ammo. It's a new choke tube. It's hunting out of a different blind. It's exactly what you just mentioned with someone's shotgun swinging or you getting to, to the to the corner of somebody's muzzle blast. And then all of a sudden it's. It's just game changing. And I think that a lot of people, they just look at it as, oh, you know, sooner or later, I need to do something about it. It's bad habits like, you know, drinking too much soda or eating too much salt or too many potato chips. Yeah, I need to do something about that. You know, I know it's not necessarily healthy, but in their mind, there's there's really no consequence when the consequences are, are adding up with every hunt and every trigger pull. And then it's just a matter of time before you know, it, it just, it leads to something much bigger that they don't even realize. Uh, boy, you're, you sure get it, George. You're spot on. Um, I always joke, you know, I've, I've already got a, 
a solid handful or maybe two handfuls of questions that uh, that I want to ask the good Lord the day that I get to meet him uh, and when I get into heaven. And, 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 and one of those is absolutely, why did you design the ear as our only part of our body and our only sensory system that does not have pain receptors? There are no pain receptors that are built into our auditory system, um, at least to sound. Like you can, you can, you can rupture an eardrum. I can cut the eardrum. You know, we can, we can, you know, cut this. You can abrade the skin in your ear canal. You can, you know, I can't tell you back when I was in clinic how many times I'd see a a bleeding ear canal because someone took a the the cap off the Bic pen. And they're digging in there, itching their ear or, or a bobby oh, pin man. or stuff like that, right? I mean, uh, you do that kind of stuff and it hurts. But um, the inner ear where all of the delicate, it's an incredible nervous system that was unbelievably designed. Unbelievably designed. How intricate this in, our inner ear system is, but it has no pain receptors. So it can't tell when you hurt it. And I just think it's the interesting, the mo- one of, you know, for, for me being an ear geek and a sound geek, uh, I just think it's an, an interesting. So it's one of my top five questions that I got for God when I get to meet him. And um, because if, if, if we had pain receptors, if, you know, if every time that I chewed uh, something cold and my back left molar hurt, um, guess what? I would stop doing that. I would stop, chew- I would stop chewing that ice. Uh, you know, I'd either not, I'd stop chewing ice altogether or, I, or ice cream, or uh, hopefully I would not put it in my mouth or else I'd put it on my, on the opposite side, but we would, our behaviors would be modified. We would change, you know, uh, how we address that adversity. And, and unfortunately we don't do that with hearing because we don't know how much damage that when you go downtown and you hang out, uh, you know, in the bar listening to your favorite band, um, what that could do. And then you wake up the next day and you go work on your food plot and you got to cut, you know, you got to get your, your chainsaw out to, you know, cut a couple fallen trees or to expand your food pot a little bit. And it's just, it's just this barrage of, of damage over our lifetime that we do to our ears that really causes all the damage. The, the, the human auditory system is not designed to just degrade with birthday cake. It, it doesn't happen. We've proven it many times by going to all kinds of uh, unbelievable cultures um, of, of people around the world in the, in the Amazon, the Himalayans, and uh, where they've never been exposed to noise. They don't have musical instruments. It's, you know, completely non-industrialized, you know, countries and little tribes and you'll find, you know, the, the elders of those tribes that are well over 100 years of age, and they've got the perfectly normal, beautiful, functioning auditory system like a brand new baby. And, um, and so much of what we know as hearing loss is what in industrialized countries, it's what we do to ourselves uh, along the way. And Bill, am I right to say that some of the, a lot of those places where you find these people with these perfect functioning ear systems, there are other illnesses that they have either none or much less of compared to us with the, our damaged ear systems and what that causes over time? 
Well, they're not eating Big Macs and, and double fries and supersized Cokes and all that kind of stuff, right? And they're, uh, they're not smoking cigarettes and chewing tobacco and, and taking a bunch of pharmaceuticals. There's a pill for everything. And, um, and they're not using herbicides. And, you know, it's, uh, geez, that's a, whole, that's, a whole, that's a whole show in itself right there, George. But, um, but absolutely, uh, they, they don't deal with a lot of the health concerns, um, including hearing loss uh, that we do in, in more industrialized nations. And then part of that hearing loss, though, contributes to, to other factors, right? Like dementia and, you know, various other conditions that just seem to be, if not caused, definitely enhanced or accelerated by that, right? Well, you know, before, um, before we had this lovely word in our vocabulary of pandemic, um, what, the, what the healthcare channels and society across the globe, but the, the, the global healthcare scene has been, has been worried about for the last 20 to 30 years is the, is the sudden rise, what we call an epidemic before we had a pandemic. Uh, it, was the, it was an epidemic of, of what we call cognitive processing disorders. And, and uh, what most of that is that we know every day is are things like uh, short-term memory loss and Alzheimer's disease and, and all the various dementias that are out there. And it's basically how our brain, how our central nervous system, our central computer system um, operates and, um, and the problems that, that come with that. And what we've seen over the last you know, 25 years is a, as we are living longer and that we are outliving other disease processes and other healthcare problems like diabetes and heart attacks and kidney disease and, and things that were putting people in generations before us, George, it was putting them, you know, in the grave. And, um, and you know, we're seeing a longer and longer life expectancy. And, and the problem with that is, is what we're seeing is that the, the, the brain isn't always able to, to, to outlive the body. And, um, and we've seen just a kind of a hockey stick spike um, in, in dementia and Alzheimer's and in memory loss. And so about 25 years ago, they, they kind of the, the, the big germinal study that, that started all this was, was out at Johns Hopkins and it was the, the Baltimore longitudinal study on aging. And, um, and they ran it for about 10 years and they were looking at, they would, they were looking at people across the lifetime and how we aged and, and they were following everyone from their, their twenties uh, you know, they'd have cohorts or groups of people in their twenties and thirties and forties and fifties and, and, and they watched them for, they've been, we still are doing it. They're still, the study's still ongoing uh, on, on how we age and what happens and what goes on with our health. And about 15 years ago, they did the first, the, the first 10 year report out of that. And that's the first time that really this, this correlation, this revelation that came out of that study that showed the, the strong correlation between hearing impairment and, and cognitive processing disorders, between hearing loss and Alzheimer's, between hearing loss and dementia. 
And while again, it's it's a it's a correlation, it's not causation. Just because you have hearing loss does not mean that you will 100% get Alzheimer's or dementia. But what they found is that, and what's interesting, and it needs to be very clear, it's not that you have hearing loss, it's your hearing status in midlife. And so how well you hear between 35 and 55 is the number one predictor uh, of if you will have Alzheimer's and dementia uh, at age 65. And, um, and, and the reason that is, is that if you understimulate, if you have hearing loss starting in your early 40s and you understimulate the brain, if the inner ear, if the damage to the inner ear can no longer provide a, a realistic stimulation of what goes on in the world around you, if it can't provide your brain with that message, then, then two things happen. Your brain is understimulated because the, the, that message is just not being sent up to the brain because the, the inner ear can't respond to it. And once the brain is understimulated, what, it, what happens is that it's overworked, right? We call it overtaxation. Uh, you know, science, the, the, the doctors and researchers call it cognitive load theory. If you, it's no different than, um, you know, if I, if I drive my, my truck around town and, uh, and I get, you know, 17 to 20 miles per gallon, depending on how I'm driving and where I'm driving, but then I, I, I pull, pull a heavy, you know, 10,000 pound trailer on it, my gas mileage goes down to, you know, eight or 10, um, and that's cognitive load theory. The more load that I put on that engine, the, the worse the performance of that engine. And that's no different than if I understimulate my brain because of hearing loss, the performance of that brain is compromised. You have to, it has to work harder. It, and, and that creates a certain amount of proteins and plaques. And that's where all of this, that's where all of the, the early parts of dementia and Alzheimer's uh, is, is stemming from. So then you guys set out not just with with a, a mission and a vision and and equipment and products and science and skill and passion to help people protect their hearing now but it's also potentially having a huge long-term you know midlife end of life impact on you know what what can happen in the long in the long term and potentially you know extending people's uh, quality of life for for years if not decades by you know helping them be able to to, to hear and process and hopefully avoid some of these issues you're, you're spot on on that one George it's um, you know back when in my clinical days I always used to say that you know when when someone in the in the in the home has a hearing loss the house has a problem Right. And um, and it's because hearing loss doesn't just impact uh, if, if I if I have poor hearing. Yes, it certainly negatively impacts my life in many ways from 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 economics to social to you know personality style to overall enjoyment and health and well-being. And, um, you know, we've got lots of data that shows that. Um, that people with hearing loss are, 
are 38% more likely to be uh, underemployed or unemployed. And so when you even when you even step back and you look at hearing loss as a national healthcare concern for this country, um, and you look at I think last time I saw it was um, like 2017 or 18, and they projected that it was about a uh, about a 42 million or 46 million billion, I'm sorry, billion dollar tax implication uh, with that hearing loss caused between people being underemployed uh, or, or unemployed as a result of hearing loss. And sometimes you're thinking, oh, come on, how can that be? Well, I, I guarantee you that if you're walking around in your middle of your career and you've had hearing loss, you, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years, your willingness, how you interact uh, around the office and in your career and with your colleagues and the confidence that you have to, to do things that would expand your career, the ability, the, the frustration level of going, you know, um, going out to dinner or out to the bars or out to do some type of fun social event after all day meetings, if you've got a moderate to moderate severe hearing loss, um, you just want to go home and find quiet, right? Like you, you just had to work three or four times hard, all, harder all day than a normal hearing colleague in order to process all of the information. And now you don't go out to top golf. You don't go out to listen to music. You don't go out to sit on the rooftop. And um, those are all things that impact people's careers, right? I mean, it's that social connection and how, how you're willing to raise your hand and volunteer for new projects and do more work and have the confidence of being able to lead uh, a team of 20 or 30 salespeople. Um, that absolutely, absolutely changes our personality and social styles. Um, and managers are definitely less apt to want to promote people that you know, they know they only hear half of what they say. They, they only catch half the message. They only do it half right. And, you know, of course, that's not the way it ought to be. But, you know, people are people. And that's definitely got to have an impact. And it is. And, and, and the bigger part is this idea that, that hearing loss is not an inconsequential part of, of living and of aging. And, um, and honestly, that's, you know, we, we came with that presence. That's kind of my professional DNA. That's the only thing I fell in love with it when I was, you know, 19 years old. I went to, I went to college to be a veterinarian. That's the only thing I wanted to be growing up. And, um, and, uh, and, you know, vet school, uh, you know, threw me a curveball. Um, life threw me a curveball with a lot of things going on in my life at that time. And, um, and uh, man, I got introduced to audiology in the ear and, and I've never looked back since. And, um, and that's kind of the passion, you know, so, so why, are we, why are we talking about this on a hunting show, right? <laughs> a guy who has been very successful uh, recruiting and educating and making new hunters more knowledgeable as you do so well, George. You know, why does this matter? Um, because hearing is a massive part of our experience in the outdoors and our experience with nature and our experience with the, the humans that we enjoy being with in the outdoors, right? Um, that, that mentoring, uh, that fun-loving, that passionate part of, um, 
you know, there's something special about a duck blind because you get to cut up and have fun and cook breakfast and drink coffee and be noisy and laugh and tell jokes. Uh, and there's also something special about sitting in a tree by yourself, right? Just listening and being connected and, uh, and, and hearing that gobble and, and, and which direction did it come from and how far is it or hearing that majestic bugle or hearing the flush. Like sound is a massive part of our engagement and what we love to do in the outdoors. And, um, and it's just been a core philosophy that if, if, we can, if we can get people, my belief, if we can get people to, to think, just stop for a moment and think and become proactive about their hearing when they're doing things that they love to do and when they're doing things like pulling triggers or running heavy equipment, but let's just stay in the pulling triggers category. Everyone knows, everyone knows that that can't be good for my ears, right? Everyone, a lot of people want to believe like, oh, I can do it. I, I'm, it's not going to happen to me. You know, I'm 25 and I'm bulletproof and I'm 10 feet tall and I'm full of testosterone and, and like, it's not going to happen to me, right? Uh, man, I could fill, I could fill this whole city full of guys in their fifties and sixties that are living proof that it does happen to you and the regret that they have. And if Tetra can just change that conversation, George, and, and again, that's what, that's why these moments tonight with you are so important to me because you work so hard to, to get a platform to have these conversations because this is what Tetra is. It's like, if we can change that conversation, if we can change the mindset, um, then that's what we're here to do. And in my belief I don't care if they wear orange plugs. I don't care if they wear muffs. I don't care, uh, you know, what they wear. If they wear a Tetra, that's awesome. Uh, and there's reasons to wear a Tetra over, over other choices. But as long as if we change, if we get people to pause and think and say, like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I did last September 1st. And what I just did this September 1st was not in my best long-term interest. <laughs> And I need to do something different about it when I'm on that dove field. And, you know, this weekend, you know, wood duck season and teal season is opening up, you know, and all over the place. And you and I get jazzed about what this, what, you know, this, the rest of the months, the rest of the days of this year do to us as outdoorsmen. Um, if we can catch them while they're pulling triggers and get them to say, my hearing matters across my life, then I think that they will do it when they're running the leaf blower on their back, when they're running the chainsaw, when they're running the Kubota, when they're running the NASCAR race, when they're running, you know, down to the, hear their favorite band, uh, you know, play live music. And if we can, if we can create that kind of, uh, of awakening to that hearing matters. Um, and if I'm, if I'm blessed to figure, I've been doing this 32 years as an, as a hearing doc and, however many more that the good Lord gives me. Um, I, I can't think of a finer way to kind of close out a career. Um, it sounds weird to say when I, when I'm so excited that we, uh, that we just finished our third year anniversary, but um, it's, it's more than just the product. You know, that you and I have become uh, good friends and um, it's not about the widget. It's about changing 
the philosophy of we've got to stop abusing our, 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 our God-given hearing. You, know, you made a great point that I, I hadn't really thought about before. And, you know, when I when I had my hearing journey and I've told the whole story on previous episodes, so I don't want to don't want to tell it all again here for time's sake. But, you know, when I had that that one duck hunt and shot a, you know, most of a box of ammo and then realized, wow, my ears, I can't I can't do this again. I can't go out one more time and do this. Just the impact is too much. And then I, I started down the, the trail and eventually found you guys and it, it was right about that time I began to become more cognizant of other things that were loud. From that day forward, I stopped running weed whackers without ear protection. You know, loud mowers and chainsaws and all that. I just realized, you know, if, if it's this important, if, you know, what's happening with a firearm has such a big deal. And I know we've got all this loud volume with, you know, running a weed whacker and cutting trail and all these things. I was like you know, this is huge. And just, it made me so conscious of what things were too loud and what situations I was putting myself in that it, it literally created life change. I didn't intend it to to do that. It just sort of happened once I made that step and, and sort of went over the edge there and, and, and made a decision with hunting. And then that just sort of cascaded into all these things. And I'm sure some people listening, they've heard other episodes, so they know a little bit about Tetra and what you guys do. But why don't you just give a quick overview to the new people that are listening about Tetra Hearing and exactly what you guys are working on? Well, well as, you, as you just said, uh, you, you kind of need to kind of cross the chasm, right? And, and believe that like, okay, what, I, what I'm doing, I know is not in my best interest. And and in, in the, the hard part um, with hearing protection and in, in, in the, the interesting part to kind of step back and give you a little bit of insight of, of how we got here with Tetra, it's, it's kind of the progression of what's gone on in, in the musician industry, in the music industry um, over the last two decades. And, um, and I was a big part of that. And it was a big part of my professional career, especially being, you know, when I was down practicing at Vanderbilt and on faculty at Vanderbilt and uh, here in, in Music City, like uh, the music program, musician program was a big part of our, of our everyday practice. And, um, you know, it's interesting when you look back, uh, you know, my kids, 26 to 18, um, they don't know, they don't know what it's like for a musician to not have something in their ear when they're performing, right? All they grew up with. It's just kind of like they don't know what it's like to be in a moving vehicle without a restraint belt on, right? They've only they've been they've been strapped in a car seat their whole life, or they've had a seatbelt on their whole life. They don't know any different. And um, and that musician, when I grew up, never had anything in their ear, right? I'm I'm 54. I'm sure there's lots of lots of people out there listening that uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. That musicians never wore anything in their ears. Uh, and, and when they first started driving, when I first started driving, um, my mom and dad asked me to please wear my seatbelt, right? I didn't grow up in 16 years of watching my parents wear their seatbelts. It just wasn't a part of society. And um, what changed on the musician side, and I'll tie that back to the seatbelt thing here in a minute, but what changed on the musician side is that there was technology devised that allowed them to put something in their ear and still perform, you know, uh, you name your, your, your favorite 
your, your favorite rocker uh, when, when we were growing up and these, these old guys that are still getting it done. Um, and the idea is that they never put anything in their ear because they couldn't monitor what was going on around them. They couldn't hear, they couldn't, if they were playing the drums uh, and they put earplugs in, the drums sound horrible and they couldn't play like they need to. If you're playing the bass guitar, you're playing the fiddle, you're playing, you're the lead singer. Whenever you put just a regular earplug in your ear to protect your ear, uh, you couldn't hear what you needed to hear. And we fixed that about 20 years ago in the musician group. And we, in, in, in companies were building technology called in-the-ear monitors that allowed the sound engineers to fine tune that, that in-the-ear monitor for that specific musician. If you were the drummer, it was fine-tuned for you playing the drums. If you were the bass player, it was fine-tuned for you playing the, the bass. If the bass player took his ears out and put it, took his, his monitors out and put them in the drummers, the drummer said, like, man, that sounds horrible. And, and it's because the sound was fine-tuned for his performance on the bass. That's why we started Tetra, is, is that's the foundational, is that we said... There have been products out there for 30, 40 years that do a fine job of protecting the ear, but it creates a crappy listening experience for the hunter. And the hunter was completely willing to forego hearing damage in order to have a good hearing experience, in order to hear the birds, in order to blow the call, in order to hear the buck sneaking up behind you, or, or more importantly, in order to hear the yearling and the doe coming in first and so that you're ready for the buck when he decides to show his, his face and his horns, right? Like if you don't hear that, if you can't monitor your environment in, in the woods and in the blind and everything that you're doing and talking to your friends and being able to blow calls, it, like it takes away the experience. And so people stop wearing hearing protection. Hearing protection was made for the guys over on the range, whether you're in a pistol pit or a long distance shoot or a clay target sporting clay event, hearing protection was made for guys and gals over there and the hunter was just supposed to adapt to it. And what we came to the market with was, uh, we are gonna create an awesome listening experience and that you're fully protected when the trigger's pulled. And so the goal was to remove every excuse that you could have of not wearing a device in your ear. And, and we did that by modeling it after the musician industry in that we know that what you need to hear and what you need to protect as a waterfall hunter is uniquely different than what you need to hear and protect as an upland hunter or a turkey hunter or a deer hunter or an elk hunter or a pig hunter in the middle of darkness in South Texas, right? Like everything that we do has different hearing requirements and different protective requirements. And that's what we did with Tetra, George, is we just, uh, we built a device, a series of devices that are fine-tuned for each of those hunting pursuits. So that the person with the waterfowl program that's set that, you know, when they hear duck noises and goose noises and whatever other birds going on, that those sounds are prioritized and amplified versus, you know, the other things that they don't want to hear, the other noises that are out there that aren't helpful for waterfowl hunting. And then when you pull that trigger, which I could attest to personally, 
turns that Magnum 3-inch shell in my 12-gauge into something that sounds more like a BB gun being shot. <laughs> it disappears in a hurry, doesn't it? Um, it just it just completely goes away with that with that big bang. And um, we've done we've done some pretty remarkable things on the protective side. Um, I don't I'm pretty sure you and I've never ever spoken about this, and we really haven't I haven't socialized a lot of this. Um, and now in year three, I think it's it's important to kind of to 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 say we've done some very very unique things to protect the ear from that, that 12 gauge Magnum shell going off or the 22 or the 270 or the nine millimeter fill in the blank, whatever triggers being pulled. Um, but honestly, we've, we've, we, and this is my decision. Uh, we as a company have held back saying that we're a better protective device. And I've done that very purposely, George, cause I've, I've, the compliance on hearing protection is so low. There's so, and it doesn't matter again, if you're going out to summer concerts or if you're doing lawn equipment or power equipment, or if you're shooting guns, the compliance to protect the ear is so low from the consumer standpoint. I didn't want to ever say that that one type of protection could be or is better than another type of protection. And, um, and so we really talk about that very little. Um, what, what we have talked about since day one with Tetra is how we create a better listening experience before the protection is needed. And, and hands down, um, you know, you're absolutely living testimony to something like that, how you can have a completely normal, natural hearing experience but yet the second, the millisecond, the fractions of seconds that you need that protection that we found a way to have that immediately kick in and protect the ear. Um, but my entire role in this company is to increase the use of hearing protection across the industry. And, uh, and that's why we, we very seldom talk about what we're doing is a much better way of protecting. Anything in the ear is better than nothing in the ear. And that's, uh, that's the most important thing that I believe in. And you know, that listening experience part, man, that just, every time I go to the shooting range now and I'm going to shoot videos for the YouTube channels, whether I'm testing different ammos or choke tubes or whatever it might be, uh, for months now, every time I go, I'm just, I just put the Tetras in. I put them in, I set them to the waterfowl setting because I can hear the birds the best with that one. And I'm at the range. I might be there for three, four more hours than that. And I'm doing all these testing. I'm only shooting maybe a dozen shots, but I never know who's going to come or go. And there's different ranges and people could be 30 yards that way and I'd never see them. And they could be 50 yards over there on a different range and I'd never know. And I got so weary of putting earplugs in and out and then not being able to hear anything. And I just wear them for hours and then you know, people be calling like, Hey, are you, you know, is it safe to go down range? And you couldn't hear them. And as soon as I started wearing the Tetras, I was like, Oh my goodness, this just makes everything so nice. I'm outside, the wind's blowing, birds are chirping. I can hear everything. And then, you know, I don't have to remember to put them in or when other people shoot doesn't bother me at all. 
it's just like the it's it, it turned it into a fun and enjoyable outdoors experience from what used to be a, a bit of drudgery and just you know just had to do it to get it done and shoot the videos and now it's like I look forward to it because I'm out there and I can hear and the difference that that makes uh, it's just amazing and that's not hunting that's just you know, doing, well, for me, it's regular stuff. I guess maybe that's not regular stuff for everybody, but you guys have been developing more programs that are out beyond hunting because it's like, well, if you have these for hunting, why not be able to use them for other things? Like you had talked about a little bit about your land management program and your gun dog program and, you know, share a little bit about those things and how you've been sort of expanding you know, what these amazing devices are able to do to, to help people more than just when they're in the woods. Well, it's, it's, it's really, it came from like the, um, the idea of like, how do you, how do you provide more value to the device? And, and the cool part is like that, that can be done to any previous device that's ever been purchased um, as well as, you know, give them more value in the device of using it, you know, not just during X season, right? that while I'm a hardcore waterfall hunter, um, that, you know, how can I use this investment into myself of kind of a, across the continuum of the rest of the year? And, you know, two of the big things that, uh, that we always heard about every time that we're talking to our, to our customers. And man, once we get talking to them, like, you know, everyone's telling stories and, and asking questions. And, you know, we've, we've always asked, like, what are the other things that you do uh, that are harmful to your hearing. And, and a lot of them tell the stories just like you did of like, man, once I really woke up and realized how often I'm exposing my ears to loud noise, it's, it's unreal how much I think about this now. And in the, in the two big categories, um, and again, kind of centered around the, the upland hunter and the, and the waterfall hunter, kind of that wing shooter, um, outside of pulling triggers, uh, was their time that they were spending in, in gun dog training, um, in, 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 in training their best friends there for the season. Um, and with that, it's, it's that it's those big loud whistles, right. And it's the, and it's the starter caps. It's the, it's the flyers that go by. There's a lot of noise involved in serious gun dog training. And, and the guys that are really into this, especially the, 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 the gun dog trainers themselves and the, the guys that make and gals that make a living at, at training, you know, eight to 15 dogs at once, um, what, what they're doing to their ears during those training sessions is, is, is just as bad as being in a, in a, in a metal goose pit in a flooded field. Right. Um, and then the other one was, um, you know, just, you know, we, we call it land management. It's, it's what we do with noisy, noisy equipment, everything you've mentioned, some of it, you know, weed eaters and, and lawnmowers and rototillers and certainly the big things like chainsaws and tractors and gr chippers and grinders and banging metal on metal. And, and so what we did, just like we went through how we came up with, uh, the formulas for a waterfall, our waterfall uh, algorithms or formulas, different than an upland, different than a turkey, is, is that we went out and we measured, we took time and, and measured the spectrum, measured the acoustics of those, of those sounds that are 
consistent in those events, in dog training events and in land management type events. So um, I made about almost 90 different recordings of, of uh, sitting on a Kubota tractor and running uh, in, in running Husqvarna chainsaws and, you know, in, in chippers and spreaders and this idea of like um, the amount of fertilizer and seed that if you can hear when certain things are going on, when you're planting your food plot, what's going on with your spreader. And, and just like you need to hear the gobble or just like you need to hear the wings ripping of those teal behind you or the, the, the pheasant flushing, um, we, we can isolate those frequencies. We can isolate the types of frequencies that we specifically want to reduce, like the chainsaw, like the when the PTO is engaged in the Kubota tractor, and like when the uh, when you drop the gauge on the spreader and you need to hear that click and let it open, and when the seed is no longer kicking, we can enhance certain frequencies and we can decrease certain frequencies. And, and that's what we did on the two new ones that we've uh, kind of rolled out. Um, and they've been unbelievably accepted. Uh, I never imagined, I, I think within the first three weeks, 25 days that we rolled out our land management program, uh, we had 87 people send their devices back and add that program onto their current existing devices. And um, and heck, that, it turned out to be a great customer. I love it when, when things that you don't expect happen and there's there's such good things that come out of it, right? I mean, it's not so much that, you know, they wanted to buy a $100 program. It's that we then got to evaluate to clean and check and replace the filters and, and, and suction the mic and the receivers. We got to do a clean and check on their devices. Um, and, and we found three or four uh, we're like, hey, this isn't meeting specs in your left ear. We're going to go ahead and replace it for you. And they couldn't believe how freaking incredible that was. And it, and it just started because they run a lot of chainsaws. And, and they now worry about those days and those events. And they cared enough to send their device back in. And um, yeah, we got $100 off of it. And it, it really doesn't matter to me what we got was the ability to make sure that that person's devices are fully functional. And now he's ready to go into, uh, into the fall hunting season with everything running perfect. And so that being said, I'm probably going to end up with like the next three months of, uh, of a flood of everyone sending their devices. in. <laughs> I don't care. We'll figure it out. We'll fix them all. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, all the different programs that are available for it. In fact, I'm, I'm planning to do a YouTube video just on that subject to help people understand the options and, and how to pick what's what might be good for them. But, you know, on mine, I've got turkey, I've got turkey boost, I've got waterfowl, I've got waterfowl boost, I've got deer, I've got sporting clays, just, you know, each one tuned to that specific pursuit and the sounds that are there. And uh, yeah, I never even thought about the the land management one. Um, I usually just set it like to to deer or turkey hunting or something if I'm out doing other things. Um, but but it's interesting what you said reminded me that you know I was out planting some clover this past summer, and those itty bitty tiny seeds 
from a hand spreader and I could hear where they're landing and where they're not. And that let me know, okay, am I putting out the right amount of seed? Is it going as far as I want it to go? And it's real hard to see those little seeds and you have to get down to the ground to, to see them. And I could just, from that, you know, just that little bit of sound. And I thought, you know, if I didn't have that range to hear that pitter patter of, of clover seeds hitting dirt or hitting, you know, other leaves or things that were nearby that let me know if I'm going too far one direction or another. Wow, would that have been a much more difficult task and definitely less effective. So all those different pieces of the pie that just come together from just those ranges of hearing to do things you didn't realize you needed them to do and how much they helped to all the different options that you can get in one set of Tetris that let you do all kind of things beyond just the you know, just being in the woods and pulling triggers. Well, it's, it's, you know, why, you know, people uh, bump in, especially if we're at an industry event and, and they're like, they're like, Oh man, you're from Tetra. Like, man, I see you all over. You're the new hearing protection company. And I'll say, well, kind of, you know, like, you know, it, we're not hearing protection. We're hearing technology. And, um, and it kind of started off as a little, almost a smart aleck little, you know, retort, but um, it's really become a, a, a mantra, right? Is that this, it's so much more than just protecting the ear. Of course, we do everything. And it doesn't matter if you want to run that, that chainsaw when you're in your deer program, you are completely protected, right? It's not like protecting the ear is truly so much easier than trying to create an awesome listening experience. And, um, and that's why it truly, the, the, the goal, the mission, the vision of Tetra is to be a, a hearing technology company leading in the outdoor industry, not just hearing protection. And, um, you know, you talk about all the different programs, uh, one of my favorite stories, and there's a lot of reasons that this is my favorite story um, is, is a program that we made, uh, for a gentleman last year, uh, he, he bought probably right around this time. And one of his absolute main concerns, this is a, a fabulous older individual He's 79 years. So he's gotta be 80, you know, right now, um, when he bought his Tetras and he's a diehard Northern California waterfall hunter. And, and it, it, at 79, he was like, I'll hunt 110 days this year. <laughs> I think, I mean, right there, I think that that's like, I'm like, okay, I will do anything for you, sir. Like, I think that's the coolest story uh, in the world that at, at 79, he was still committed to doing like 110 days of waterfall hunting. And um, one of his biggest worries was, uh, you know, it sounds like he hunts several different locations, but he said, he said the common denominator between all of the blinds that I hunt uh, are rattlesnakes. And his whole worry was walking in in the dark, again, 79, <laughs> walking in in the dark by himself, getting to the blind, uh, and that he couldn't hear a, a, a rattlesnake going off. And he has been not our last, but he was absolutely our first rattlesnake program uh, that, that we, you know, that we created right then. And I just went through and between uh, I called around, I spent a lot of time uh, with University of Texas 
uh, you know, with their biologists. I got every single rattlesnake file of, of, of the rattles going off that I could find. And we took all of our acoustic sampling off of that and we created. So his first program, his number one program, when he puts it in his ears, uh, is rattlesnake. And then he switches over to waterfall when he gets in the blind and he feels that everything is clear. <laughs> and um, I just, I love that story for a million reasons. He's got a ton of hearing loss, uh, but someone with the gumption at 79, 80 years old, I hope he hunts 110, year, 110 days this year as well. Uh, right. I mean, that's, that's what this company is about. That's what gets me excited right there. That's amazing. So you custom built an audio program for rattlesnakes using all your technology and models, program that in as one of his options. And now, of course, you've got that. You can put that on other people's things, but then he's able to walk into the blind and uh, just have that extra measure of confidence and safety. And then not only that, though, but the devices, you actually tune them for each person's ear, right? So even though he has a lot of hearing loss, you can amplify the hearing so that when he puts them in, you know, he can hear just as well as a 16-year-old. Well, hopefully we can get him 16. That's a, that's a, that's a long stretch, but we, I mean, he, he does have a ton of hearing loss. What, what's, what I'm very proud of is uh, he got a set of our, our, our custom shields, which is the, the strongest, kind of the strongest engine, the most horsepower to help that much hearing loss. And yes, we, we identified exactly where all of the peaks of that rattle, when, when that snake is not happy and he's letting you know it, um, that is a consistent sound. And we just, we measure where that, those frequencies are occurring and we can correct for his hearing loss. And then on top of that, we, we increase the, 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 the frequencies of that rattle um, by about nine to 11 times louder than any other sound. And, um, and so it's, we're targeting that sound and enhancing that after we correct for his hearing loss. And, um, I remember one of my, one of my conversations after, he, after he had him for a while and, and he, and he called back and he was saying a bunch of cool stuff. And he said, well, the best thing he said, I've been wearing VA hearing aids for about 35 years. He goes, I went in and, and went to hand them in and said that I was just going to wear these Tetras full time now. And I'm like, uh, okay, I can't say his name, but I'm like, okay, you, you probably don't need to do that. Like, I'm not saying that <laughs> he's like, oh, I hear 10 times better with these than I do anything else in my ear. And, and that's not a knock on the VA system at all. They do unbelievable work uh, in there. It's just... Um, you know, part of that is kind of leading with passion. I guarantee you, he thinks he's hearing better. He, he may be hearing better. I'm not, I'm not here to say that he is or he isn't. He thinks he is. That's all that matters. But part of that is because where is he hearing better? He's hearing better in the things in life that he loves doing the most, right? And, um, and man, as a, as a clinical audiologist, we often lose sight of that. Like we, we get so buried in the everyday, like, I need to make S and F and TH and CH and the difference between path and pass, right? Like it's all just so fundamental of, I need to amplify speech and it's, these are the frequencies I need to worry about. And as long as I give you enough that I've done my job well. And I've always been that guy on like, 
you tell me in your life, I can't decide what you need to hear in your life. You work with me, you tell me what you need to, back when I'd sit hand in hand in clinic, it was always about, you tell me what you want to hear, Mr. Johnson. Like I, I, I'll figure it out from there. You tell what, what drives your life. And, and again, a lot of that is, um, is embedded all over, uh, all over Tetra. Like I've, like I said, I've done this 32 years. I've been a hearing doc, George, and um, I've never felt like a more fulfilled professional. And I've had awesome jobs. Uh, what I just think are, I've had a, a blessed, beautiful career. I've never felt more valuable as, a, as an audiologist um, than I do in the three years that uh, since Tetra has been, been launched. And, um, you know, from a scientist and from meeting people to in their life where they want help and, and bringing them back joy to the things that they love doing the most. Um, I'll, I'll fight tooth and nail to keep, to keep my California guy hunting a hundred days as long as those legs will carry him. And, uh, you get it. You, um, and, and so many, I mean, it's not just you. Uh, I, I feel unbelievable to say that, you know, in, in three years, we're, we're knocking on the door to 18,000 units that are out there in the field. And, um, and, you know, four years ago, when I, when I said all the right words to somehow talk my wife into <laughs> this whole adventure, in uh, in the middle of planning our oldest daughter's wedding and and uh, and, t- and two girls in college, um, I talked her in that I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this really great cushy job and and start my own business, um, and and she's held my hand through through every second of it, and um, and it's been about you know uh, there's been highs and there's actually been lows and you worry about every little thing, but to know that. We've got 18,000 ears almost being helped out there um, is super meaningful, um, super meaningful to me. I'm hoping that doubles by the end of the year. And I am glad that you guys started this thing because I don't know what my plan B was going to be. I, I, I had gone on a journey trying to find whatever I could find that would preserve the hunting experience and then also give me the, the hearing protection and uh, I, I couldn't find anything that even came close, that, that even scratched at the heels of what you guys are doing. And I mean, it's, it's backed by science. It, it's backed by sound medicine. In fact, you can use HSA, health savings account funds, to go toward your Tetras, right? I think I saw that on your website. Yeah, absolutely. With what we can do to, you know, uh, both protect the ear and, uh, and compensate for any hearing loss, uh, makes us 100% eligible for HSA. So um, I always say, let let the government pay the first, you know, 25, 30% of your Tetras and, and get the, use that tax-free money. Oh yeah, I remember years ago when I used to have an HSA, don't anymore, but we used to have one. You know, at the end of the year, we'd, we'd buy everything we could possibly buy because we would lose the money, at least with our system and program that we had. So we'd you know, we would pile up contact solution to the ceiling. I mean, just whatever you could get just to, so you didn't lose the money. It's like, had I known what I know now, or well, you guys didn't exist back then, but if you did, I'd probably bought another pair every year just to, to have and 
to use and lend to people and things like that. It's just, you know, so impressive what's going on. And uh, we could definitely go all night here, um, but just want to be cognizant of everybody's time. But before we go, is there anything else, Bill, that's top of mind or on your heart that you wanted to share or let people know? Well, I, I don't. Um, I mean, you've been so gracious, you know, with our time and you just you let me get excited, George, and you just let me be me. And um, I'm, I'm super grateful of that. Um, probably the more important thing is that that you care enough uh, about what you're trying to accomplish um, with, with everything that you do and that you create this platform and help so many people. And, um, I just couldn't be, couldn't be more grateful that you let, um, that you let me come on, um, both as a friend and as someone who, um, you know, believes in what you're doing, um, and just kind of tell the story and, um, I, I hope everyone kind of feels it's 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 not a commercial interest at all. Uh, and like I, I love supporting uh, what you're doing. Uh, we have got to um, we have absolutely got to find ways of of, of expanding uh, the the hunter presence in our society. Um, we know where the numbers are going. I, I, I can't applaud you enough for like creating platforms like this. Uh, to help people break down the barriers and, and, and find their spot in the outdoors, um, literally and figuratively. Uh, and, and, and as before we jumped on and, and I'll say it because it's, it's, it's the gospel um, for your listeners uh, and followers that have, that have followed you for a while and, and have maybe heard some of our previous um, interviews like this and, and I'm, and we're blessed that they, you know, that they'll call. There has been, you know, I, I, I need, uh, you know, two more hands and two more feet to fill up all my fingers and toes on the amount of people that have, that have called. And they said that they, you know, that they, they heard us or heard about us, you know, through you. And, um, they are some of the absolute nicest, <laughs> most genuine uh, customers that, that we've gotten to know. And um, what it does to me to know that they are starting out wherever they are at in their early part of their hunting career, um, that, they're, that they're paying attention to what you're doing. And, and if they're doing it for their ears, I know they're doing it for everything else that you talk about. So it's hard to, it's hard to measure. Right. I know guys like you and I wake up and, and we like, you know, what's the value that we're bringing and are we making a difference? Um, man, I'm telling you, you are making a difference. And, and when it makes a difference for me, I couldn't be more grateful um, and, and appreciative for that. I know that I'm not getting everyone that that hears us talk about hearing doesn't call Tetra. Um, and I'm perfectly cool with that uh, as long as they're doing something. And, and I know they're doing something. If, if that many are actually calling and, and talking to us and, and letting us be a part of their journey, um, I know that they're doing it, you know, somewhere else. And, um, and on, on that note, I'll, I'll close it with what they're doing. The decisions they're making today is going to change their forever. It's going to change uh, their life both next week and 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years down the road, however old they are. Uh, it'll change every relationship 
you change their marriage, you'll change how they interact with uh, their, their, at their children's weddings. It'll change uh, the first time they hold that grandbaby, which I'm getting ready to do next month. So, um, you know, it's hearing, there's not a part of our, a minute through our day where hearing isn't a part of our life, even when we're sleeping 24 seven, right? Our, our brains are being stimulated by sound and, and um, you know, why we can ignore the fan running in the room or the air conditioning or the HVAC kicking on and off, or we fall asleep during the movie uh, and our spouse is always nudging us uh, to shut off the TV. Why, why it's not bothering us is because our brain is listening to it and saying that's not important. But then the phone rings at 3 a.m., the alarm goes off at 6 a.m., the dog barks, the, the, the kids sneaking in or out of the house, whatever's going on in the middle of the night. And, and all of a sudden, your brain says, okay, I need to pay attention to this. Um, our, our ears and our brains never rest when it comes to auditory stimulation. And um, I, I love that you're helping carry that torch. So that's a long-winded thank you, George. <laughs> oh man, you're, you know, it is, it is my honor to be able to, to play a part in this. And, you know, I, I occasionally talk about gear. I do gear reviews. There's different kinds of gear that I like. There are brands of different things. Some things I like, some things, you know, I've tested and, you know, so forth and so on. But there's nothing that I have or use that I feel as strongly about or as passionate about as, you know, the Tetras and what you guys are doing. There's there's nothing I have, there's no gear, there's no equipment, there's nothing I wear or carry into the field that is changing my life like these are. Um, you know, there's lots of things that may help me hunt, that maybe make it more comfortable, you know, might extend my maximum range in the duck blind by another five or 10 yards or, you know, all those things that, you know, they maybe give you a little bit of an advantage, but none of them are life changing. None of them are enabling me to hunt or protecting my future and, you know, just, just helping to guard against the danger of pulling that trigger every time and what you're doing to your ears, whether you notice it you know, every time you go out or not. And I just couldn't feel more strongly about people needing to be aware of that and doing something to protect their ears. And, you know, I think you guys make the best thing going the best thing on the market. You know, of course there's people, their, their budget, they just, they can't touch that right now, but they could touch something. And I always encourage people put something in your ear uh, every time you go out, especially when you're wing shooting and anything that you're firing potentially multiple shots or boxes of ammo in a given hunt or surrounded by people that are, it just, it makes such a big difference. And, you know, I've, I've done for people that are listening and are new to the show, I've done a feature length video review on the Tetras uh, on the YouTube channel. I'll link to that in the show notes of this episode at newhuntersguide.com. I also did a feature-length podcast review just talking about nothing but reviewing the Tetras and how they work and, and what's going on. And I'll link to that in the same show notes. So whether you want video or audio, you can learn more about them. And uh, just really encourage people, check it out. Go to tetrahearing.com, learn more. Let it spark something in you that just compels you to to protect your hearing in any way that you can any way that you're able to even if it's foam earplugs this season and maybe something better next season uh you know it's just that important so 
you know, as always, just so appreciative to be able to be a part of this conversation and and point people in the right direction. And hopefully they can have the same kind of experience that I did. And just, you know, that game changing revelation of what happens when when you start protecting your ears. But uh, guys, you really need to, to listen to this one. You really got to dive deeper. This is just so important. It's not something you can neglect or or put off, you know, a few more seasons. You're going to pay for it every season in the end, eventually, and probably sooner than you think at a time you didn't realize you're going to start to pay for it. And just don't do that to yourself. Don't do it to people around you. You know, don't don't risk handicapping your future just because you're you know, you, you don't want to think about doing anything about it today. It's a huge deal. But, uh, you know, Guys, I really appreciate you for listening. Thanks so much. God bless you. Until next time, go get them in the woods.